How many of you got your Bibles this morning? Hold your Bibles up this morning. Amen. And just say, this is my Bible. Amen. Amen. This is, this is my Bible. Just say this. Say, this is my Bible. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. But how many of you know in order to do what it says you can do, how many of you know you got to have this Bible inside of you? Amen. You got to take time. You got to read your Bible. Amen. You got to take time. You got to study your Bible. Somebody say amen. You got to take time. You got to pray what's in your Bible. Somebody say amen. See, you can't just go through life and just say, well, yeah, I got a Bible. But if you don't ever take the time to find out what the word of God says, the Bible says this, if you abide in me and my word, somebody say God's word, God's word abides in me, then you can ask what you will and it shall be done of you. And so you've got to have the Word of God abiding in your life. Somebody say, the Word of God needs to abide in my life. Amen. And so, we need, and so I want to encourage you, make sure you take time to, uh, to, to, to study your Bible. Your Bible ought to have highlights and write, write things down in it and, and take time to study that. You know, if you, don't have, if you don't have a Bible that you can write in, then you need to get you a Bible that you can write in. Somebody say, Amen. Because this is your lifeline. This is what this is what's gonna this is this is what Jesus quoted in the in the in the wilderness whenever the enemy came to tempt him. How many know the enemy is the tempter? Somebody say amen. How many know the enemy will try to come and tempt you? He'll try to come and cause things to happen in your life. But see, we know that Jesus responded with the word, and you got to know the word. Sometimes, you know, I love this about God. You know, you can use your Bible, you can have an open book, an open book test in a sense. In other words, you could get your Bible out and say, no, no, devil, no, it says right here, it says, I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Somebody say amen. And you can remind yourself and remind the enemy and remind the devil and remind the world, the flesh, and the devil that, that you have overcome because we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. I want you to just declare that this morning and say, I overcome by the word of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. I want you to say it like this. Say, I overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. You overcome by those, th- those things, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. How many know you ought to have a testimony of what God's doing in your life? Amen. It says this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Turn to your, or don't, uh, don't touch somebody next to you. Just look at somebody and, or just say, say this word. Say, rejoice. Amen. Rejoice. And it goes on to verse 5 and says, Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. How many, I don't know about you, but I get excited to know that the Lord is at hand. Amen. It doesn't matter what might have gone on this week. It may not, it doesn't matter what's going on around you. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, Rejoice. He didn't say rejoice if you felt like it, He didn't say rejoice if you felt good. He didn't say rejoice whenever you're in the house of the Lord. He said rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Everybody just shout out that word, rejoice. Rejoice. 
Amen. We need to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And it goes on in verse 5. Let your moderation be known unto all men that the Lord is at hand. I don't know about you, but I thank God that the word, that the Lord is at hand. He's working on my behalf. How many of you know he's working on your behalf? Somebody say amen. amen. Just say that out loud. Say the Lord, the Lord. is working on my behalf. And so we need to understand that no matter what comes, no matter what's going on, no matter what's going on in the world, that the Lord is at hand. Somebody say amen. Amen. And so you've got to understand that. You've got to declare that. You've got to know that the Lord is at hand. Now, if you've got your Bibles, I want you to go over with me to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. And I want to read this because we've been teaching and talking about living by faith. Amen. Most of you can probably quote this. But Scripture says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. For I walk by faith and not by... That's right. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, how many got your Bibles in Mark chapter 4? And I'm going to read in verse 26. Mark chapter 4 and verse 26. And it says this. And so he said... So is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day and the seed should spring and grow up. And he knoweth not how, for the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, somebody say first the blade, then the ear, then after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle, because the harvest is come. Now, some of the things I've been studying about, number one, I want us to understand that it takes faith, it takes just as much faith to plant a seed as it does to harvest a seed. How many know it takes faith, somebody say it takes faith to harvest a seed, just like it takes faith to plant a seed. Amen. And so there are things that you can do in your, in, in your life that you plant seed. We just talked about giving. That's a way that you plant seed. But it also takes faith to harvest the seed that you planted. Amen? And so God wants us to understand that the kingdom of God is like a man that should cast seed on the ground. And he should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up. And he knoweth not how. But the earth bringeth forth herself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn on the ear. Paul teaches us in the Bible, in the, in the epistles, that we ought to live by faith. And living by faith is not just something that happens overnight. Living by faith doesn't just happen just because you said one word, you quoted one scripture, you did one thing. How many know that there are blessings, there are promises in the word? Like, for example, you can receive salvation right now today. You don't have to wait till tomorrow to get saved. Somebody say amen. And the moment that you pray something, we've, we've dealt on this over the years, is that the moment that you start praying something, the moment that you start believing and speaking, things begin to happen in the supernatural realm that we don't see happening in the natural realm, amen? But Paul teaches us to live by faith. And so much so that Paul tells us in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, he says this. He says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless... I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. I want you to just declare that this morning and say, Christ liveth in me. And the life which is now, I, now, 
which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Let me quote that one more time. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul did not say that he lived by faith in the Son of God, but by the faith of the Son of God. Somebody say, I live by the faith of the Son of God. And so in other words, there is a measure of faith. Every believer, every Christian receives a measure of faith. When you got born again, when you got saved, you received a measure of faith. Not just a measure. The Bible says the measure of faith. Look at this in Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. If you have your Bibles, I would just write that down quickly. But I would say that Romans chapter 12 and verse 3, it says, God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. God didn't just give us different measures of faith. We received all the we received the measure of faith. We received the measure of faith that we needed that you know whenever think about when you first got saved all of a sudden we know faith cometh by hearing hearing cometh by the word of God. When you heard somebody preaching the word, that's why the Bible says unless there be a preacher unless somebody were to go and preach the word then how can somebody be saved? And so the moment that we were hear the word of God being preached, we hear the faith of God, then all of a sudden we can attach ourselves to something and we say, "Oh, you know what? Faith has now come into our ears, and now we say, I receive what I heard, I believe it with my heart, and I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Somebody say amen. And so God didn't give us different measures of faith, but we have the measure of faith. We had the measure of faith that we need um, in order to do whatever God has called us to do. Somebody say amen. Some of us may be a little confused on that because, you know, maybe in our lives, maybe we've seen different people have different amounts of faith or, or, or seen that they have greater faith or lesser faith. No, it's just a matter of some people use their faith, some people don't. Amen? And so I want to encourage you that you begin to use your faith that God has given you. Somebody say amen. You began to do what God has caused you to do. God didn't just tell you to go through life living any way you wanted to, doing whatever you wanted to do anytime you wanted to do it. No, God gives you a measure of faith, and so you ought to be believing God. Right now today, I ought to be able to go around the room and ask everybody in this room, what are you believing God for? And why are you believing God for it? If you aren't believing God for something, then I want to encourage you today, begin to start believing God for something and say, God, what is it that I'm believing for? Amen? Begin to start striving towards something. It may be a new job. It may be a a, a relationship. It may be a a health. It may be finances. It may be something. But there is something in your life that you need to believe God and say, God, I'm going to begin believing you for something right now today. Somebody say amen. I don't know. if it, It may be $5. You might be believing God. Believe God for $5. Amen? Believe God, start where you are. I remember one day I heard a story of a man that, you know what, his faith wasn't at the level. He couldn't believe God for $1,000. So you know what he did? He started believing God for $5. And you know what happened? He went outside in the parking lot, and all of a sudden the wind picked up, and $5 blew at his feet, and he just picked it up and said, thank you, Lord, and God blessed him with $5. See, you got to begin to believe God with where you're at. You got to start somewhere. Somebody say, I'm starting today. You know, if I was serving soup, if we had a soup line today and I was serving and I had a little ladle, a little dish that I was scooping the soup out of, then that ladle would be the measure and everyone would get the same amount of soup. 
because I would use the same measure. I would scoop it up and I would put it in. See, all born-again believers have received the same amount of faith. Paul tells us in the scriptures that we have to keep on going, that we have to keep on pursuing, that we can't be distracted by what the enemy tries to do. We can't be distracted by what happens in the world, but that we keep on striving towards what God has called us to do. Somebody say amen. We keep on running our race that God wants us to do because Paul encourages us and tells us that God will deliver you. God will bring you out. I I like this, and I think it's interesting to understand how some of the the things, and I'm not saying that you have to deal with those things, but I am telling you that when the the situations come and arise, how many know the Bible has given us clarity that if God has brought us out before, how many know God will bring you out again? Acts chapter 20 says this, and this is Paul, Acts chapter 20 and verse 23 and 24, he says, Save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me, but none of these things move me. I want you to say, none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. In other words, there are things that were happening all around Paul all the time. There were challenges and things that were happening. And then he said this statement in verse 24. He said, but none of these things move me. See, you have to come to a place that you have to understand that that there are things in life that, that they can't move you. Somebody say amen. I'm not moved by by what's going on on the TV. I'm not moved by what's going on in politics. I'm not moved by what's going on on Facebook. I'm not moved by what's going on in my body. Those things don't move me. I stayed the course that God has called me to stay. Somebody say amen. None of these things move us, but that I might finish my course with joy. I want you to just shout that out. Say the, the, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. Say it one more time this morning. Say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. See, you've got to understand that the enemy wants to come and steal your joy. He wants to come and he wants to steal the joy that God has placed inside of you. Paul goes on to say in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 11, he says, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch and uh, Echinum, at Lystra, what, persecu- what persecutions I endured, but out of them all, the Lord delivered me. How many know that no matter what, out of them all, the Lord shall deliver you out of them all? That the Lord, just declare that this morning, say, the Lord is working on my behalf, and the Lord shall deliver me out of anything that the enemy tries to bring. See, the Lord shall deliver them out of them all. And so as I was just kind of taking some time and studying this week and just preparing my heart, I just kind of had something stir up in me about David, about how David, whenever he went to go and kill Goliath, and I want you to, if you have your Bibles, go over with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17. But I've been thinking and contemplating on the, the, the thoughts and the and the word which talks about living by faith and not by sight and how we can live. And, you know, I, it's amazing that David didn't start off killing a, killing a giant. He didn't start off with facing Goliath first. 
But there was a progression. There were things that happened. And so look at what happens. He says this, and if you have your Bibles, go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 31. 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 31 says this, And when the words which were heard, and when the words which were heard, which David spoke, they rehearsed them before Saul, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail you because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him. For thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant keep his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear, and took out a lamb of the flock. And I went after him, and I smote him, and I delivered him, delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and the uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. And David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivereth me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. In other words, David wasn't worried about Goliath. He wasn't worried about the Philistine because he had God's word. It said, he said earlier, he said, let no man's heart fail because of him. See, there are things that are in your life that it's time to take out the slingshot of faith and begin to believe God and say, God, it doesn't matter. You told me that I'm not going to have this thing defy you. I'm not going to have any sickness defy you. I'm not going to have any poverty defy you. I'm not going to have any lack defy you. Somebody say, Amen. And look at Goliath in the face, speak to the mountain, and begin to sling your slingshot of faith, and begin to throw those rocks and do the things that God has caused you to do, and you'll see those things begin to fall. But it takes faith. It took faith for David to get up and to say the things that he said, for him to go down to the brook and pick up the five stones and get them ready to sling the slingshot in order to throw the rock at David. Somebody say amen. And so I I love this, and I love to think about this. How many know if God did it before, God can and will do it again? And the Bible is a reminder that there are so many things you know, I just I hear people say things and, and and they're just like, you know, it's almost as if, you know, well things have never been this way before. No. The Bible tells us numerous times that there are times that have been worse, there have been times that have been better, but how many know the Lord shall deliver you out of them all? That we don't live in in, in today's economy, we live in God's economy. We don't live by the things that we see on the news. We don't live by those things. But Lord, no, we live by the word of God and we walk in the provision that God has placed in our lives. Somebody say amen. Again, we said it earlier and and we should say and understand this, that we can live according to the scripture. We can have what this word says. We can do what this word says. Somebody say amen. 
But we've got to begin to act on the word. And so acting on the word is living by faith. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please him. And so David had to trust. He had to have confidence that God was with him no matter what came up, no matter what happened. Because, and then not only that, but I want you to think about the fact that David lived in the old covenant. He's not even living. He wasn't even a born-again believer like we are today. If God would do that for David back then, then how much more would he do for us today? If we would just trust and obey and begin to walk according to the faith that God has put in our lives. Amen? And see, we need to understand that, that, that there are things that happen. And so that when, when he hit that Philistine, when he, when he hit Goliath and knocked him on the ground, that was the harvest of the seed that he had sown, the things that he had declared. And so I want to give, as we kind of close today, I want to kind of give a practical example of, of this in, our, in, in, in somebody's life today, and maybe this will help somebody. I think it will, and I believe it will. And I, wanted, I thought this was a good example of how we can believe God for things in today. And, 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 and in other words, talking about the harvest, how it takes faith to receive the harvest. And so this uh, example is concerning restoration of eyes. And he said, and so I, I thought this was good. I wrote this down. He said, I know, I, I read a story and it says, I know of a lady who sat under some teaching on faith and healing and she wore glasses, but she was prayed for by the laying on of hands that her eyes would be restored. So the next day, the lady said, I believed I received my healing. So she didn't wear her glasses and she started having headaches immediately. She said, Lord, I don't understand this. I believed I received my healing. She prayed about it, and the Lord said to her, You don't have the manifestation yet. Hold fast to your faith. Hold fast to your confession. I want you to say that this morning. Say, Hold fast to your faith. Hold fast to your confession. And he goes, and, but he said, But go ahead and wear your glasses. But every time you put them on, say, thank God, I believe I've received my healing. I believe my eyes are restored. She started doing that every time she wore her glasses. She began to mix faith with what she believed. You've got to begin to mix faith with what you believe. See, it's one thing for you to know the story of David, but it's another thing for you to begin to mix your faith and actually go down and start picking up stones and put them in your slingshot. See, some of us, we've been in church for a long time. We've come to church, but we haven't mixed our faith with what we heard. We let it go in one ear and go out the other ear. But no, God wants us to begin to apply our faith. Somebody say amen. And so she would say that. She would say, thank God, I believe I received my healing I believe my eyes are restored. She started doing this each time she wore her glasses. She mixed her faith with what she was believing for. By pulling off her glasses, she was trying to have full corresponding actions towards what she believed, and she didn't have a full manifestation. I'm going to say that again. When she pulled off her glasses the first time, she was trying to have a full corresponding action towards what she believed, but she didn't have full manifestation. She only had the blade, not the full corn in the ear. Remember, we shared about that earlier. First the blade, then the corn, then the full corn on the ear. 
Remember, Jesus said, first the blade, then the ear. It was conceived and it was producing, but she didn't have the mature harvest. If she could have seen clearly, then that would have been a full manifestation. If you can see, take your glasses off, the Lord told her. But if you can't, put your glasses on. And so the lady confessed, I believed I received my healing. I believe I received my healing every time she put her glasses on. This went on for several months, and then she started having headaches with her glasses on. And so she said, Lord, I don't understand it. Now I'm having headaches with my glasses on. And the Lord said to her, remove your glasses. Your sight is restored. She had full manifestation. Her harvest had come. This lady could have destroyed her harvest. She could have gotten over into unbelief by saying, you know what, while this faith stuff, it just doesn't work. But this lady could have destroyed that, her harvest, but she could have tried to have full corresponding action toward her faith when when she didn't have the full corn in the ear. When she only had the blade, she had conceived the word And she had released her faith in that prayer. Some would say of her actions, well, that wasn't corresponding action. But did she act as far as she had manifestation? This is the action described in Mark chapter 4 that we read earlier. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle because the harvest is come. We shouldn't have full corresponding action towards anything until you have full manifestation. What's the bottom line? Live in faith. Confess your faith. Act as if your faith is developed. Let your faith agree with your manifestation. But don't go beyond your faith and your manifestation. In other words, if you got your Bible, I want you to quickly go to Mark chapter 11. And I want to quote this as we end this because it just ties in beautifully with what we just read. Mark chapter 11, verses 23 and 24, Jesus said this, For verily I said unto you that whosoever shall sayeth unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith, he shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Now look at this in verse 23. Hebrews, I'm at Mark chapter 11, verse 23. It says this, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever, point to yourself, say, I am a whosoever, shall say unto this mountain, circle that first say and write the number one there, Say unto the mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith, somebody say saith, shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. In that one scripture alone, it takes three times as much saying as it does believing. That's why it's important That the words that you say, the things that you have coming out of your mouth, the things that you declare, don't rip up your harvest before the time of the sickle. Don't 
take, take the time and understand that as you begin to declare God's word over your life, and you continue to say, I am healed by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. I thank you, Lord, that you've healed me. You continue to declare your manifestation, and I promise you, God's manifestation will come forth in your life in Jesus' name. How many receive that today? You've got to begin to speak it. You've got to begin to do it. You've got to take up the act of faith and begin to take up those stones and put them in your slingshot and begin to believe God for something. I don't know what it is that you're believing for, but begin to believe God for something today. Somebody say amen.